0: Hi, my name is Elijah, and welcome to my podcast, Songwriting for Songwriters. My special guest this week is Sean from UK hip hop house, The Scribes. We speak about hip hop, his influences, what it's like writing so many words, the vocal impact of being a hip hop artist, his relationship with his brother in arms, Johnny, narrative, storytelling, and songwriting loads loads more so please do subscribe check out this podcast share it with friends and thank you very much for being here joining me today on my podcast songwriting for songwriters is sean from the scribes how are you doing sean yeah well good thanks for having me on how are you you all right yeah i'm good thanks mate so i had the absolute pleasure of um doing the sound for you the other day and uh I was really amazed by your show and performance. And I also had that experience where I didn't know your work before um, that night. So I had one of those rare musical experiences where you get to hear like a new act that you've not heard before kind of deliver their set. And I was blown away at the, how good it was and what you're doing. So um, thanks for a great show, first of all. Um, the interplay between you two, uh, how long have you known each other as as um, musical partners?
1: Oh, me and we've been best friends since we were five. Wow. Like we went to primary school. Together. I think Johnny, uh, the other rapper in the group, was the, I think was the first guy who showed me around primary school when I first went there. Okay. Um, like as in when I went, because I was young for the year. So I went, started in January instead of in September. Right. Um, and I think it was Johnny. He was certainly my best friend by, by the end of the first year of school. Amazing. And we stayed best friends for forever musically. I think when we both vaguely started getting into music, it was always gonna be with each other because because yeah. we I think we we sort of did most things together or got into most things to, together. I don't think we necessarily made a conscious decision to make like a group until much later, but I think I'd say we started dabbling with with music and with rap and with little bits of production and mainly with writing raps and that together from god yeah from when we first started maybe like 14 13 something like that uh, like not in any kind of serious way then just in a you know kind of game sort of way we used to do it at like house parties and stuff freestyle and bits so it was much more of a, a game that you did at a house party then than it was a, a sort of career or anything you know so
0: that's a really deep connection. It's like a brother connection, isn't it? That kind of level of friendship It's a deep, deep thing.
1: Yeah. That's yeah, a- it's really nice. It's um, been really nice to do everything that we've been lucky enough to do to, together. So it's the amount of time that we're on the road together as well. Like, I'm not sure I could have done it with anyone else. I'm not sure either of us would have, would have made it through. No matter how well it's going, those drives are sometimes, like, long. Yeah. And, um, Especially if it's not gone particularly well, and you got a drive, you've got like a six-hour drive ahead of you. Yeah, but because it us, yeah, I'm not sure I could have done it with anyone else, to be honest. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, it's said it, when you're in a band, isn't it? It's like or an act. It's like a, it's a very unique uh, relationship. The, the the people you're with. It's like so you go through a lot. You know, as so I always. I think it's a bit like being in a, being at war with an army troop because you go through so much stuff together that it's like a very bonding relationship as well
1: yeah you do and stuff that's quite like uh a niche to explain it's quite um the uh like i say if if you've especially when you're starting out when you're starting out doing things and it's going okay but you're past the point where it's um you're past the point where it's like um you're kind of starting to want to get money for it in bits like that. And you're at that point when you start doing things that are to up the name. And this is a long, long time ago now, really. But when you start doing things to like get your name out and explore into new areas, and do things like that. So you're doing things for next no money or no money. And you're kind of hyping each other up for it. And that goes badly. And yeah. then you've got to drive back for six hours and you both kind of everyone in the group knows that that was not what you'd hoped it would and knows that there's not really the upside of a particularly large remuneration for it. And um, it's um, those are the times when it feels like like war. And that's a, that's, a, that's something that you don't share with a lot of other people, that sort of that kind of low after the, um, it's after truly the excitement. Though. It's true because that when you when you've like you say when you've like done a
0: show or something or you've been led to believe something could be cool and it's and it's not gone well for whatever reason having to kind of um find that positivity again or optimism or or regroup the group yeah. the kind of a, a space of faith is is quite something isn't
1: it yeah, yeah I think that's when I would have like that's when I would have struggled the most with anybody else apart from Johnny was that that kind of phase when we were younger but probably. A point where we we definitely wanted to be getting money. it definitely was a a point where you were doing this show over probably a a bare page show but on on the premise of something bigger coming out of it or that being a gateway to something big and it goes so badly for whatever reason that you know it's not gonna become that it just yeah. uh yeah i think times of like that when i was very glad that i was doing it with um with my best friend rather than anybody else yeah absolutely
0: absolutely um so when you guys make music together i mean it's so unique and refreshing and vital the sound that you've got oh, you. how do you go about creating um how does the track start and where where do you come from
1: um it's we've got different so i i produce um about half our stuff some of it's other producers like we've got astro snare from oxford uh, we're in the middle of a series of e- like EPs that we're doing with guest producers. Um, mm-hmm. so the last one was with Vice Beats, who's uh Bristol based, and um, the third one's going to be with Cut Beals, who are from Finland. Um, so when it's them, uh, it's much more of a we will write, we'll, we'll be given the music, we'll, we'll structure, we'll, we'll generally be sent like a, a piece of a, or a selection of pieces of music that the producers have made, and we will go right that's the the hook that's what we want for this section that's what we want for this section we'll write it send it back to them and they'll restructure and we tend to write for things like that uh, choruses together or sometimes both write a chorus and let the producer decide and then the verses will go off and do individually like entirely separate really once the chorus is there once the chorus has set sort of the tone and has set the 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 topic and has set the mood once we've decided that together we'll then go off and do verses um separately uh if it's something that i've produced that will have a lot more input musically though there'll be much more time in the the studio where we'll sit there together and mess about on we we tend to use a lot of um synths and uh, guitar bits so we'll sit there messing about on those sort of together until something comes up and then to go through the same process but it's pretty much always music first for us in general we might have a topic we want to write about but until the music's there we won't have written to to it we take they do tend to be separate things because rap's so dependent on uh the tempo that it is hard to write separately because then if if i sit and write yeah we always tend to have music to write to because it's very difficult we will know vaguely we want to do a song about this and then we'll wait till we find the piece of music or make the piece of music that fits with with that, then we'll do the actual writing. Well,
0: so like mu- music for, yeah, you're absolutely right, it's so, it's so dependent on the, like you say, the tempo and the tone of it, I suppose. And um, so when you, when you're yeah. like writing uh, individually, and you bring that together, yeah. do you edit each other's work? Or is it a kind
1: of? Um, imp- no, we wouldn't um, ever directly, like, veto or directly go no to something no but again because of our relationship being so good we both we both now to make it clear to the other person if maybe we don't think that's the best line in the world and then the other one will almost certainly pick up on that and it will be changed by the next take but there's never it's very much the each individual's decision the choruses we, we might have a bit more of a um discussion about but in terms of the verses we'll make each other's if, if we, i think we both like what we do as well which helps to be honest we both yeah. think yeah. the other one's very good at what they do which um helps a lot because it very rarely comes up and when it when it is johnny's verse that is his verse the only time we really have to talk in terms of verses is if um if like Let's say, say if, if one of us thinks something is is just not good <laughs> and then we'll find a way of letting the other person know. But even then, if they, it's, it's never so, it, it would always be an opinion thing yeah. rather than a factual thing. So even then, realistically, if if Johnny made it clear he didn't think a, a line was good, but I thought it was the best thing in the world, I'd, I'd stick to it and we'd do it and it'd go on the, the records and the same in, in reverse. Yeah. You um, know. Yeah. The choruses tend to be more of a collaboration thing. And that, that, there tends to be more. That's why it's nice. It's easy, yeah, it's, it's easier when it is external producers that we've just got a bit of music to, it's easier because we can just record both the things, like what I think is right, what Johnny thinks right, and send it to them and they can decide uh, yeah, and yeah. Then it's out of our, our hands. Yeah, um, yeah. When it's our music and we've sat there and made it together, it's more difficult to um do that because there's not really a third party. We might ask of the beatboxers, but it's, we, we tend to then have to... um sort of compromise always to be fair because i do our um mixing and mastering we sometimes leave because i'll give myself like a month gap between the two because it's very it's, it's difficult enough to kind of yeah. master something you've mixed anyway so i'd give it like a month gap of just not listening to it at all yeah and normally after we've both sat down and left it to come back we'll go oh no clearly clearly that one is is the better chorus option clearly we just in that moment when we were in it it was hard to
0: to tell that's good to have that kind of uh, relationship with space isn't it and with your music because like you said when you're in involved in it really in that coal-face situation sometimes like an idea can feel like the most important thing and then with a bit of space allow it to kind of marinate in its own juices and then come back and yeah. just
1: yeah I was think it's very hard to when you're like building bits, is it's very hard to not see the the bricks. Whilst like after a month or so you come back and you see the wall and you go, Oh yeah, that's that's a good instead of it being like if I've just if last week it took me five hours to get down a four bars of guitar yeah. in a song, I'm never it's gonna I'm gonna need some space before I can listen to that song without basically just waiting for that part to to come in for better or for worse. So like yeah, I think space is important to start hearing it how 99% of people are gonna hear it as a a complete song not as a, a stack of of elements So and when they, you're writing, I
0: mean, when you're writing it, like how, how is it like uh when you've got a track through or when you've made a track mm-hmm. uh that process of kind of initial spark to kind of finish piece before you kind of come back to it is that quite a no. quick process
1: uh yeah I mean it depends it's um the main issue we have, uh, we we're taking a bit of time off in, in January and February to get some new bits done. The main issue we have at the moment, really, is our, uh, getting our voices in a space to to do it. Because we, especially through the summer, we're doing like three, four a week, and it gets very difficult to then find a time to record where your voice actually sounds like you, you want it to. Yeah, yeah, is um that's something we're kind of having to to work around for for the last few years now. So we tend to get most of it done in in January. So it's I think if it was condensed, it would be a fairly quick process. But if we write something in February, if we get a, say we sit down and make a song, we've got the topic, we've agreed on the chorus, we'll get a demo done within a, within a, a week or so but to get that actual final thing we'll probably have to wait till January just to be in a space where our voices are capable of, of kind of final takes rather than it being a something that's being done where you feel a bit like or oh, still feeling a little bit of strain from from the last few shows you know.
0: I have to say like the sheer kind of like uh vocal workout you guys do I mean I'm a singer so you know I, I am not using my voice in the same way that you guys do mm. but like but mu- I understand how the voice works, and mm. watching you guys perform—I mean, the sheer vocal workout, the speed, the velocity of the of what you're doing, the kind of precision, and also like the use of the throat—like, is mm. that a massive thing? I mean, recovery time must be something to to work at that level.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's yeah, it's difficult. We have to um, we have to be careful going from show to show. There's a lot of honey and lemon and vocal zone. on on the road between places there's a lot of that but that and that will get us through uh shows that i mean our voice will last through those shows and we were quite good at kind of hitting the level where we can uh give it our all without ruining the next show yeah and it's nice i think think we're both uh, uh we're both comfortable to to do that and we can give it our all not have to hold back and just about get through sort of Maybe four or five in a in a weekend, something like that. Wow. If it gets to more than that, it starts getting a genuine kind of. We have to consider it, and when it, uh, yeah, in terms of recording, you you feel it for a few days after. It'll be um it's certainly, certainly for recording anyway. It's a very different thing. Uh, recording to to the live side of of hip-hop like the live side of hip-hop there's a lot more leeway and also live we're not necessarily expecting ourselves to get through a whole take if you've got 16 bars and they're fast we can divvy them out between us i can take a breath because johnny will fill in this word or this phrase and and vice versa yeah yeah It's it's, it's after that trying to record where we've got to get through the 16 ourselves because on record it will be us yeah. doing it yeah, um rather than kind of leaving a gap for the other one to fill it, it's that that's when it gets really hard on the throat is trying to do that after the the weekends or yeah. after a, like,
0: show. In, in like metal music there's like a lot of um speed in terms of like playing and there's a lot of focus mm-hmm. on the speed of playing which obviously takes a lot of time to practice in terms of the speed and delivery of the work and the precision the timing of it i mean obviously in rap that is so so important to have a good flow going how much time did you spend as a kid or do you spend like rehearsing that kind of precision at that speed because it's so
1: important Mm, yeah we don't um i think the uh when we were young it was a lot of freestyling a lot of listening to hip-hop uh and now it's quite natural yeah uh, to us um I'll tend to even now, if we're writing something, I'll tend to sort of freestyle a bit to it, not necessarily even about the topic it's eventually going to be, but just to find little flows and little yeah. vocal patterns that sit nicely with whatever's happening with the music. Yeah, and then sort of take uh, rhythms rather than any particular words, but more just oh that that sounded nice with that bit when when yeah I tend to do that and then put the words in after or at least get a pattern down and then yeah. get the first one down and then from there it'll kind of feed off the initial uh, pattern and in terms of each other we don't like as in finding each other's timing and stuff we don't really rehearse that much because the shows are so frequent if we're doing when we bring in a new song we'll probably just spend that that drive sort of getting through it and figuring out where each other are going to need each other to to come in and and do bits and what backings are going to sound nice and then we just tend to sort of road test it really kind of just do it in shows yeah get out there and then it kind of gets together pretty tightly but then like i said it's been so long now we know each other's flows and voices pretty well i think we're pretty solid at knowing what what tricks each of us likes what flow each of us tends to go towards and what thing if, if a word's being extended how long each of us is likely to extend this so we can nail each other's backings thing where that kind of comes pretty naturally now which is which helps a lot
0: yeah that's good i mean that's true of all, all acts and bands where like you just have that second sense like you know what she going to do that's the joy of kind of being super tight is that you kind of you can just flow with that and it's very easy
1: yeah yeah that's definitely something that, you, that just comes with with time i think that's just i think it's the main thing because we, we get a lot of or we, we try to wherever possible get support acts there or at least one of the support acts being like a local sort of young person because it was, it was difficult for us when we were and we were in bristol which was pretty good scene for it but yeah. it was still hip-hop was still a, a hard sell uh, for for venues and and clubs uh, mm. so especially when you were just starting off yeah and it was difficult to find places that would sort of have you I mean we wanted to try and we, we still want to try and wherever possible get local people especially if there's somewhere not that's not like Bristol like now we're lucky enough to go and you know, travel a fair distance with it and get around a bit and some of the places we uh, all end up playing you know, there's not necessarily big uh sort of spaces for local hip-hop acts to to perform in yeah so we would try and um get uh kind of young up-and-coming people to uh, make sure that, that, that they're at least given a, a slot or something so they can get out there and practice it because it's important to practice and it's never the same doing it in your room and the main thing i noticed from like our performances when i watched back footage of us when we were young and from anyone young sort of doing things is the little bits like um, big bits of silence we try and avoid, like when there's just a song that just stops and it just ends, and, and the, the tightness of it. There's a lot of really, really talented people out there, but without the time put in, you don't get that tightness. It does need to be sort of road tested and and really checked and really um put time into doing it in a live environment. Because I don't think it's ever quite the same as doing it in a practice space or in, no. in a room. And yeah. I don't think there's any way of getting that other than just putting time in yeah. games, time in front of audiences and time in front of crowds. So we do try and provide that for sort of young, uh, like, up, like I said, the, the, the sort of any up and coming act in, in the areas where, where we can do.
0: Fantastic. Now, as a writer, songwriter myself, like um, lyrics are obviously massively important. And in this kind of music I make, it's like there's obviously a chorus or two or three and a couple of verses. But the amount yeah. of lyrics is quite is is is, uh not that many or even and it takes me a while to really be perfectionist about what I'm saying but in terms Mm. of hip-hop and what you guys do is masses of lyrics you know it's masses of words Mm. so how long does that take you and I'm interested because for me as a writer the shapes I feel like melodies have like an architecture and a structure and that the sound like you do if you're scatting the sound will kind of be a structure and then you those words will kind of fit in and you for my process I kind of get out of the way to some extent and hear the shape of the sounds and they'll kind of suggest themselves so I'm really interested to kind of know when you've got so much to write and the speed mm-hmm. of the lyrics is you know how what's your process in terms of uh writing lyrics and where your inspiration comes from and how do you kind of write so much per track
1: yeah I think it I think it depends a lot on what it is if it's sort of a live party song then i will tend to like say like I'll freestyle to the beat i'll find the patterns that i think that's nice like something nice is happening there and the words at that point will be borderline gibberish or at least be very sort of it'll be a freestyle so i'll have sat there and recorded freestyle and i'll listen to it back and go okay that little rhythm there sounds really nice at this point and this sounds like i might do that a few times just to have a vague idea of, of what I'm kind of aiming at, whether or, or what I think fits nicely with the, the beat, and then try and sort of work from from there to get uh, the flow of, of a more party song. But then also there's a much wider range for some of the uh, kind of traditional golden age hip hop stuff. There is, a, there is a wide... That's why freestyling is possible. You can freestyle hip hop because it's very sometimes bits of hip-hop like party hip-hop can be very braggadocious they can be very sort of cool and over the top and exaggerated and um it means there's a nice wide range of things that you can write it doesn't have to be that specific sometimes when we're writing more specific songs like if we're doing i I did an ep with an american label last year uh that was all about like a, a a breakup a couple of years ago, about a breakup, and it's written as like an analogy. So, the actual songs are just a story about somebody who has a shipwreck and then gets lost on an island and then wanders through a desert and then finds their way home. And that's like much more specific. So, that had to be much more of a I'm going to write this and, and then maybe adjust to the flow. So, I'll, I'll write what I want to say yeah and then tweak the flow from there so it kind of works the other way around for for things like that and that tends to take a lot longer i think i think that takes much or, or at least um it takes uh if it, if it feels like it takes longer because I, I think it's um got less room to to maneuver essentially it's got it's got less space um to just go anywhere whilst like if it's a party song and the rap is mainly about like, oh, the, the this is a great time or look how great rap is or whatever it's about in a very sort of 90s hip-hop style, is there's a lot more freedom to, to kind of do what, what you want and say what you want and there's, I think in rap as well, there's just an appreciation of, of rhyme and flow that, yeah, that's yeah. nice I but I do think that can um I think that's a separate way of writing. Sometimes we're writing to do that, we're writing to do an imp- impressive rhyme that sounds cool that makes people feel good and feel feel, feel, like, feel like they want to dance and kind of do a screw face and bounce and all that stuff and sometimes are writing to express something and they're, they're quite different types of, of writing I, I find because I think the like I say the, the party kind of bouncing sort of base face kind of one that's going to get a crowd up and going is more free but a lot more focus spent on flow and rhyme uh, and interest uh, how intricate that can be and sometimes when it's expressive stuff and you need to to say something the focus is much more on the on the words and the actual yeah. what what you're saying and what you're expressing and how that makes you feel more it's more emotive I think when it's like that and less kind of um less or sort of brush and um more more introvert and less kind of extrovert who, who are like lyrical influences? For I me, mean, I um, my pal listened to a lot of the Kings, so I grew up listening to, it, and then I got really into Blur. Yeah, so I do like I do like a narrative in a song. I yeah, definitely. Like I've done a couple of that that one. It's a, it's a, uh there's a on Stay Free uh, recordings. They did like a little picture of vinyl for was narrative, and I did one before on um uh on a a Brighton label uh called uh mr tea time in the end of the world and that was just a 10-track story that just runs into itself about like a guy survives the end of the world and then robots take over and then he meets up with mutants and they fight the robots but it's just it's just one story like it doesn't stop right and i really liked writing that 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 felt um like the sort of that i think those are the song writers that in that i listens to a lot at least um and, but I think those are the people that inspired that type of writing in me. I think those yeah. are the people that inspired the more personal writings or the more narrative writings yeah, were probably Damon and Ray yeah. Davis. And then I guess for for the flowy rappy sort of more, these are the bits that are going to get people head nodding bits. I used to, I was bang on the right age for Eminem coming through and that was I, th- I thought he was great. A lot of the Raucous Record stuff, Talib uh, Talib Um Yeah, a lot a lot of sort of underground hip-hop things of that time. Because when I was growing up in the charts, it was a very gangstery, yeah, hip-hop, very clubby hip-hop, um, which weren't really my thing. And I found it hard to relate to. I was more into the sort of underground MCs that were a bit more conscious, a bit more honest, maybe. Yeah. And also for my my opinion, I think apart from what MC is better I I thought they were better to, I thought they were better at, at rapping than yeah. some of the sort of big gangster names that were maybe doing slightly more club friendly um music. So things like yeah, people like uh Fairmont and LP, um they were all the the sort of thing that was like, Okay, cool, that's that's the that's a, that's cool. That's that's the sort of level of, of rapping I wanna be or at least the sort of direction of, of yeah. rapping that I wanna do when I'm doing those types of, of songs. It's really interesting to hear that. Like I think
0: it's so it's so um I think what makes sometimes an artist unique is the influences they've kind of um soaked up. And, you know, sometimes that can be really like a small thing. I just, uh, mm. you know, one track you've heard once when you were six can be a massive influence, even though you've just heard it yeah. once. But to hear about your like love of those more like narrative writers, because like Ray Davis and Damon Alba, I mean, they're, they're incredibly good at kind of um, noticing the world around them, actually, but also mm. writing from a personal way, which does have a narrative. I mean, Damon Alba, particularly, is like amazing mm. at sort of being personal within a narrative. You know, it's very, very sort of, yeah, uh, it's one of his
1: moves yeah yeah i think a lot of the stuff is um yeah i think it's i i I always liked that as a method of getting something across when it's essentially like a like an allegory or like a it's a story about somebody but it's representative of a a much larger thing like especially the earlier blur stuff the um, like modern life is rubbish and even on to like the great escape they were very much like they they're very much that. So many of those songs are like called a person, are called like Stevie, yeah, Steve, and the kinks as well. So many of those things are called like Tom Blogs, and Tom Blogs is just a mundane man who lives in and goes to work. And I wasn't really. It's talking about like yeah. city life or being in a nine to five, whatever it's talking about. But I liked. I really liked that style of uh, storytelling and that method of expressing uh, something. I, I, I always liked that. That's again. That's that tends to be for more. Uh, personal things or more narrative yeah. things. I think of that as an inspiration because how much like,
0: of you you're like your own feet. Like obviously if you're writing a narrative and using characters and those mm-hmm. people doing that. How much do you think of like your feelings, your your kind of soul
1: feelings are, are in that when you're writing that? I think it can vary a lot. Like I think the last one, the, the the shipwreck one, that was that was just me. That was purely me going through a breakup and needing to to express it yeah and that uh narrative working for me as a framework i was like okay yeah cool i liked it i think to be honest what i like about that is like at the time that i wrote it the breakup had, had happened and i was sort of a bit lost um but i knew it was going to be okay and i think like the right kind of show the first song was the shipwreck feels very very uh solid and uh like it's happened and the lost ones and then the, the later ones when in the story he's found his way home felt very uh hopeful the more kind of optimistic and unknown yeah uh, just because of where i was sort of midway the story that was me i was only midway through myself at that moment yeah, yeah, yeah. but it felt nice to write it. it felt nice to write the sort of future bit of the story which was him yeah, finding his way home, and that, I think that helps uh, me a, a lot. But I do, I do quite often. Like writing is is what I'll do to to process a, a lot of the time, and um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's, it's definitely helped me through a lot of uh, things in life. I think it's a nice way of putting something down. Yeah, kind of drawing it, a line under something, essentially. Definitely. Is
0: re- is reading important to you as a as a, as a artist? sorry is, is is reading important to you like language oh, reading,
1: yeah language? i read yeah i read a lot i've, I've always yeah I, I read a lot i've always read a lot and i'm um, i yeah i don't know if it's um in yeah i don't know to be honest like i've never really correlated the the two specifically i, I mean it definitely will do because i do read a lot and um so that helps There's a lot of uh i guess a lot of words i guess i I guess i guess it doesn't ever hurt your vocabulary to to read a lot yeah um i don't know if i've ever particularly because obviously we're talking like it's um it's not writing a novel even when i've sat down and done a 10-track record that's one continual narrative if i wrote that down that's still not even a short novel i'm not sure there's many um uh ways of um I'm not sure. There's many para, uh, bits of books that I've read. That I've gone, oh, that's I lo- like this book's great, and I like it because of this or because of that. It's a much longer. Uh, There's a much long longer period of time that a novel has to tell its story than I ever will writing a, a song, and I don't think I've ever. um Kind of borrowed a turn of phrase from it, but I might be doing that subconsciously. Trying, it's I think it's I think it helps in rap having a a nice um, uh, a sort of a, a a a good idea of different idioms and phrases yeah. is, is always nice because that's always a nice way of catching the ear a little bit and if and yeah. it's a nice way of contrasting it's a nice thing to contrast with. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know if it if it particularly ties back. I'm I'm sure it does. In those ways, I think it probably helps the vocabulary. It helps the thing, but I don't think necessarily I'd sit and write a narrative sure. song, yeah, and be be directly thinking to myself, "Oh, it was cool the way that this book yeah, told the story." Sure, sure, sure. sure. Kind
0: of do that, you know? Yeah, more of a subconscious kind of influence, if if at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. So and and a very um Dan yeah, just in, in the way of absorbing that many words probably leaves more words in your in your brain and uh, helps with terms of phrase and, and kind of bits like that
0: brilliant so i've got a couple of questions actually from um a friend of yours but also a fan of yours lewis and so i just thought i'd ask oh, you yeah. um a couple of questions from him which are how do you find the balance between family and gigging is that is that a difficult
1: thing it's um yeah, it's strange. Like I've got a a ten year old boy, and um, it's um, it's really nice because I'm there most of the week. Yeah. So like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday when he's got clubs and bits. Um. Yeah. When he's got like clubs and bits, I'm, I'm there, which is nice. Uh. Obviously, it's away at the weekend a lot. I've um. But also, also like a lot of the time, we we tend to try and get home. Like it means more. Yeah. driving but we very rarely stay over anywhere to be honest even mm. if it's the other side of the country we'll, we'll we'll try and do even if it's like a six seven hour drive yeah. we'll try and do it that that night just to get home and then at least um one of us can be back it's nice uh a bit older now so like last not this summer last summer uh the first gotten to the first couple of festivals and that was nice it's really nice for him to be able to experience uh, things like that in a very, a very comfortable way as well, because obviously we've got like a little sort of backstage area. If it does get a bit overwhelming or if it does get a bit much, it's a nice way for, for children to experience um, that. And then he's got a little kind of safe space that he can get to. And it, he's really enjoyed it. We've been very select about which ones he's gone to. He hasn't gone to any of the big, big ones. and Maybe that'll be something for the for the future. But yeah, he did it last summer and he was very up for it this summer. So it is it is nice but it helps a lot that it's like the it, it I I think um it it made a big difference when it was a a, a job that that meant then it was when it was like a full-time job like that's nicer like now it's it's been like that for, for for a few years now and that made it a lot easier when it wasn't that plus work in the week or some work in the week yeah, yeah. It's a lot. Once it becomes a full-time thing, it gets a lot easier with the family balance because there there are downsides, but there's plenty of upsides uh, as as well. Do you know? I mean, you can make you can especially in the summer holidays. It's 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 great then because even though I'm away a lot of the weekends, or for like for most, pretty much all the weekends in the summer because the festivals and that Monday it doesn't really make that much difference in the summer holidays because the children are at home anyway, so they're um. It, it does mean you gain that time it's sort of earlier in the week which is which is nice and it means we can plan things kind of around it so it's not too bad apart for as long as you yeah it's it's difficult like sometimes i'm i'm knackered but i can kind of power through and then take a, a day of rest on monday or something, you've but, something um, up yeah it,
0: you've something up there which is quite important i think which is like for mm-hmm. anyone who's kind of um looking out to kind of make music their career or livelihood if you like mm-hmm. um, that leap between the kind of like job thing to making it your full-time mm-hmm. thing that it does take some faith, doesn't it? And it does take a lot of work to get to that point. Yeah. So yeah it takes we a lot
1: it takes a lot of, a lot of faith. What we, I think we built up to a point where we had a nice curveball to a point where we were, we'd sort of whittled down work as much as we could. Uh, and then, cause this is, it's quite, it's quite a while by now. We, we, we've been um, full-time for a fair bit, which is which is nice. But um, when we first did it, we kind of whittled down as much as we could so we were doing the minimum amount of hours we could get away with at a job. Yeah. And then got to the point where we, on top of that, had like three months ahead, like booked in. We were, I think we were two, three months. Like we couldn't take any more bookings for the next two, three months. And that felt like a good time to sort of, do it to kind of give it a, a a go, um, because it went you did. We did have that kind of safety, uh, blanket. We had that that amount of time to find other bits. But it was blood. It was hard to begin with. Like by, I think that that's really um, it was well. I don't know about other people's experience, but for us, our income is is 98 percent based on on performing live. Um, so it does mean that's that's what we've got to focus on. And for us, and if I if, uh, imagine for most people who, who are looking to make a living from music through live performance, the bigger gap you've got, the, the better. you can be so much more discerning. Like when um, when lockdown happened, that helped us a lot, I think, because we were, um, we, we got by okay in, in lockdown. And when we came out of lockdown, it came out in the festival season when it first unlocked. So we had all the gigs we had booked, all got postponed. And then festival season, when it opens, so they got postponed again because we had to do the first couple of months was just festival gigs. And it meant, we, I think we went into festival season booking sort of three, four months in advance, maybe five, and came out of festival season now where we, we book about a year in advance. So like right now we're taking bookings for next October and stuff. And it makes it so much more comfortable being that far ahead because you can be a bit more discerning about it. Like, and that's the thing with that first leap is it's very difficult to leave money on the the table at that point. It's very difficult to if your next available date is like two months away and somebody comes in and wants that date but they haven't got the the money that you'd like, it's very hard to say no. Yeah. You know, if if that date looks like oh if I don't when you're in a position where it feels like if I don't say yes to this, there's a pretty good chance we're gonna end up with no show on that date. And that's worse than a show that's paying half what we'd like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when it's sort of a, a year in advance, you feel more confident that if you want to fill that date, you're gonna you're gonna fill it, and you uh, probably won't have to worry too much about the the money. So I think that's a big part of it. Both thing you've got to be you've got to be very sensible about it. You know I mean? there's, there's gonna be times where you've got there's gonna be times where you feel like uh, famous when you're not, or times when you feel like you're definitely gonna make a mistake because it varies, do Especially when yeah. you're when you're kind of coming up and you're especially when you're doing a lot of things like support slots or bits like that because they can they can definitely inflate an ego to be honest like quite easily if you're if you get on on a support tour with somebody that's doing really well yeah and you do a few nights with crowds that are really excited to be there because this is their favorite artist about to be on and it's easy for people to get in maybe inflate egos and maybe jump a bit too soon and go well of course no way i'm going to go back to a call center on monday i've just done like four o2s in a row but realistically if those o2s weren't paying you that much money and they were by a million times the biggest shows you've done that year that's probably not the representative week to to kind of base it on We, we tried to get to a point where our worst month like of a year would be enough to pay the bills before we we stopped doing other um before we stopped doing other bits I think you've done Absolutely. a really good job of that, of
0: balancing that, you know, from what I can sort of what I've heard from other people and how hard you guys work. Um, another question from him is that your hip hop live show pays respect to the old school hip hop style, nicely, well crafted rhymes delivered on time. Do you follow any
1: new artists or styles like grime and UK rap drill? Um, a little, like a little bit, like very much. When well, when, like I so we we when we were growing up and we were starting off doing the rap as sort of a game and stuff that was very much more the the lyrics and the style that was inspired by the rappers that we liked more than the sort of story writing people we were talking about earlier. And then we got to tour with a few of them, a few of the kind of, what we got both like, with uh, uh kill Jurassic Five, um, with Ugly Darkling kind of acts. And all of their live shows were unlike anything we'd seen. because that felt like a step up to us at the start. Yeah. We were in our city supporting other English hip hop acts. And English hip hop had a scene at the time, a great scene, but it wasn't close to the um, numbers that an American act would, would pull in most of the time. Yeah. Um, And also it was a very different thing. The English acts were doing more laid back, more conscious hip hop that was maybe a bit more stonery sometimes and things like that. So it was more of a delivery thing. The American acts that we saw were being MCs. They were like controlling a crowd. They were, turning these gigs into like block buys and things like that. Yeah. And that when we first toured that and saw people do that, we're like, oh that's that's what we that's the stuff. That's brilliant. Like that was what we wanted to to do. And that's it's helped us a lot really. Because I think we're slightly removed from a lot of uh English or UK hip hop things. We tend to be a bit more uh upbeat, a bit more um maybe lively at times. And um it, it, we've kind of carved our own our own niche, which has, has served us quite quite well. But um, in terms of listening to new stuff, we'll see support acts now. A lot of the time will end up being more towards grimy stuff because I just think that's what young up-and-coming people are, are looking at and what, what they tend to be doing. And it's, yeah, it's, it's I, I've I'm not really listened that intently to, to any of it. And I do tend to, the context I see it in tends to be a live thing. Yeah. So if if somebody's playing a ukulele but they've got the crowd going, I'll 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 go. That was that was great. Um, it doesn't really occur to me whether I then listen to that ukulele music after that point. And if somebody's got the best music in the world but it's it's killed the crowd, I probably would go. Oh, that wasn't that wasn't so so great from my point of view. But then that's because I'm seeing it in that context and all, I'm really concerned about is like i hope this i hope that this goes well with the with the crowd i hope this this person gets on well with the crowd and bits but um we did we played wireless this year great and that's very uh, i would consider that to be very sort of grimy and and trappy but we didn't stay for very long so i didn't see much of it um but it's definitely got a, a a big scene around it it's not something that i'm particularly tempted to to make because it's not really something that I, I don't dislike it. Um, the other guys are better. They tend to listen to a lot more new music than, than I do. But um, it's not appeals to me enough for me to go, oh, I want aspects of that in our yeah. sound. Yeah. this yeah. I mean, is more something that I'll listen to and go, oh, yeah, that's cool. And I can see where hip-hop's gone. And I will personally probably always prefer hip-hop. But I, 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 it's not, um, yeah, it's it's not something I I dislike or anything. It's just not something I've ever really sat down. I don't really have enough time to listen to hip hop stuff. I don't have as much time to listen to hip hop as I'd like, let alone kind of other things. So it's very fleeting when I other The other guys are much better at keeping up to date with it. But even then, I tend, will, I think, will tend to be hearing bits that artists they liked have kind of merged into it rather than necessarily listening to new stuff is not that far removed i don't think that you can you can see where the foundations of it are yeah and i did spend a long time i, I, yeah, I did the idea i did get quite interested in mixing some of the just stuff when it's got like massive 808s and the amount of space that needs to be sculpted for for those to hit like they do and that's to be fair that that's something that's we like probably started integrating into into production a little bit is um The idea of uh the 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 sounds used in a lot of it are so selected to leave space or to function while leaving space because the amount you listen to some of those uh mixes um or some bits of it the the amount of space that's being left for those uh 808s is massive and everything's built around that and it is a nice Sound, Jonas is a cool sound. It sounds good. It sounds nice in a club as long as the PA is sort of beefy enough to kind of bring that that bass through. And it's, I, I think, from a, I, I found it quite interesting from a technical music kind of standpoint. More than I found it like, oh, that's something I want to incorporate or something that I really want to go and listen to. But then that's, yeah, that, that's probably more reflective of how much time I, I get to listen to stuff than it is of anything else
0: great answer man thank you um in terms of giving advice to songwriters or hip-hop artists so let's say like there's uh, new writers that are interested in hip-hop or forging a way forward of hip-hop mm. what advice would you give those kind of new writers
1: i think um we used to have rhyme pads now we've got like phones like i think writing down everything you you think of even if it's not a rap at that point like i'll write down um if 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 something's like caught my ear i'll write it i'll tend to write down like maybe a phrase or if i've just thought of something that i think's nice like whether it's uh whether i think it's just a nice way of expressing something or a nice metaphor for something i'll I'll tend to jot it down not necessarily in a in a rhyme format but and then just if i need to write have a little look through that um i free, freestyle a lot still i'll still spend a lot of the time just wondering about sort of rapping to myself like in my head or like um like on the dog walk or whatever I'll be, I'll be sat there just doing bits just kind of bobbing along and sometimes bits will come out of that that, that i like um yeah i think i think it it's something that you can be doing like it can replace sort of like if you spend a lot of time scrolling on your phone or a lot of time things like that, it can very easily replace that with very minimal effort it can be something you do while you're washing up uh, very easily, like things like that but the important thing is to have some way of recording it, not necessarily like uh, an audio recording but some way of writing it down at that, at that point because it's very easy they're so throw away, they're so kind of off the top they're so in the moment, it's very easy to forget them later and then go oh yeah, I thought I thought of a really cool thing, earlier, and I can't remember. I thought of really what I thought was a really cool line in bits. So yeah, just making sure you've always dead easy with phones now. My, I've just got like a notepad on my phone that's just full of of that. It's just like full of a couple of lines of rap or a phrase that I liked or something that I saw that made me think of this and just bits like that. And then um, it's nice to have a little sort of journal of of bits yeah. and pieces in case when it does come to write you, you're kind of lacking in, in inspiration or, or bits of you. It's nice it's nice to have that as, as a kind of well of inspiration. So I'd say that helped a lot. Brilliant.
0: When you talk about inspiration, I've spoken to like 20, I think this is 28th or 29th episode of this. And songwriters from different genres all have like a relationship with um, inspiration. And mm-hmm. some of them think it's just coming through them, and it's like, a, you just do the work, and some people believe that it comes from some universal consciousness in their lives. What's mm-hmm. your understanding or relationship with
1: your inspiration? What would you describe it as? Where do you think it comes from? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes I've been when it's a very personal thing, I've been inspired to write because I needed to write something to to vent something or express something or to draw a line under something like, like what we were saying earlier. I think sometimes a bit of music's made me go, oh, I want to, yeah, I want to rap on this. Like that's going to be great. That's going to be pounding. And, and then okay, I'll kind of get hyped. Like, like the first time you hear a song, Do you know, the first time you hear a song and you go, oh, that's that's, yeah, that's a bit of me. That that's fantastic. Yeah. I think that'll inspire me to to write sometimes. Um, and I think um, sometimes there's. Bits that are kind of we, we, slightly more measured, like I said, bits where we've sat down and made a decision to write something. But I do think even then, if we sit down, I think that's the hardest time, is if we sit down and go, okay, this we, we've decided as a group we'd like to write a song about this topic. I think then that's the longest that it takes to, to find inspiration for it. Because we both have sat down and go, this is something we want to write about, this is something we want to talk about, or something we want to express. And then that's the time when it becomes hardest to write the actual lyrics because the the inspiration is is separate to the yeah. decision to have it. Yeah. <laughs> and you can sit yeah. and decide, oh, I want to be inspired to do this, and not it not necessary. I don't think you can generate it. I don't think I can generate it from within my myself. I do think I need something to hit, yeah, yeah. and that's something might be going through the stuff I've written down recently and go, oh wow, that. That fits really nicely with that, and then you're you're away, or it might be a couple of weeks later thinking something that vaguely in the back of my mind that we're going to be writing about that soon, and going, oh, that's a nice way of ex- expressing that. But other than that I don't think I can ever dredge out of myself particularly. Yeah. I think I have to be either in love with the song, or <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. It.
0: It's a feeling, isn't there? There's got to be some excitement, and some feeling.
1: Mm. Yeah, like, yeah, wait. yeah.
0: Thank you for your time. I really appreciate this. So let me ask you one yeah. final question, which I ask like all writers. Um, if you could have written someone else's song or someone else's track, so mm. it was
1: you that, you know, it came through you. What yeah. track would you pick? Oh, I think, I still think Stan is a brilliantly yeah. written song. And it's that sweet spot for me because it's, it's like the marriage of those story selling things like Ray Davis and Damon Arvin and the, yeah. Very good at rapping side of, of Eminem, yeah. So I, I like I like that. I think that's a, a very well written um, song. Um, so probably that I guess in terms of lyrics, probably that I think.
0: that was a big moment, wasn't it? That track, like you know, from I mean, obviously some big tracks in hip hop history that have kind of brought it into the mainstream, but like Eminem particularly, obviously being white and so being accessible to a whole load of other people that song uh really did kind
1: of like land
0: in a certain way it was it? Was massive wasn't it
1: yeah yeah I think it was just it felt very uh it felt very grown up and it was nice it takes it a lot of boxes for what I like in a song like it was a narrative it was really about like I, I guess about him adjusting to fame or realizing how crazy his, his fame was at that point yeah, yeah. Um, it felt so it felt personal even though it was a sort of a a semi-third person uh, thing and I just think it's really I'm not even sure I like the actual song that much to be honest but the the lyrics now I'm like that's I thought that was an incredibly well done thing because it does it it, I think it really does it all I think it's got a a flow it sounds like a good rap it sounds like it's well done and it, it doesn't sound like it's forfeited anything it doesn't sound like it's sacrificed Flow or rhyme scheme for the purpose of telling the story, and it doesn't feel like it sacrificed the story for the purpose of of making it it's flow nicely. And that was a, a very sweet uh, spot there. So probably, yeah, I think that's well up there. Um, what, else, what else do I, I like? Um, some I guess there's some Sage Francis bits, but I can't think of anything in in particular. So probably, probably that lyrically uh yeah i'd say that literally i think
0: it's a great answer i mean the, the, i think for me the genius of that track just to float off on it for a bit longer is just the his recognition of like the state of mind that the fan can get himself into and with not realizing the time frame in which this like eminem has to answer this person and that kind of like final verse and yeah you t- kind of care to this fan who's obviously on the edge is like it's very well done that you know very clever yeah i thought it was nice it was
1: nicely self-aware it was um yeah i thought it was very nicely nicely done As i said it certainly ticked a lot of boxes for what i like in a song and not necessarily what i like what i do like to hear but also what i like to what i give myself a bit of pound back for Then for the song do you know what i mean if i feel like i've got i've i've written a story if i feel like i've expressed something personal and on a narrative, I'll give myself a pat on the back. I think that's a nice thing, I always think that's a nice way of expressing something. Because I think also it does that night, where if you're putting that expression, so it, it leaves it more open to interpretation. Like if I'm in a song telling you I feel sad, it's very hard to take that any, any different way. Yeah. But if I'm telling you so-and-so's uh, sad, then you might interpret there are different reasons why I want to tell you so and so sad and how I feel about. It. So there's still more room for it. So I think it leaves it more open to, uh, to to the listener. And I think that's always a nice thing to have. I, I certainly like music where I can interpret as I as in my own way. And I find that quite interesting when there's there's that gap in in music. And um, I think things like the narrative, uh, uh sort of borderline allegory allow people to say something personal without it closing off interpretation
0: yes yes i think you've hit a really good thing that's the end the idea of that idea of leaving space for someone to find themselves in your song whilst you're writing mm-hmm. your song is, re- is really is really important yeah so where can people find if it, guys and people that are listening if you haven't checked out the scribes you really must go and check out The Scribes. It's an awesome sound performance and two very, very charismatic, brilliant performers who know what they're doing and are amazing. So check out my personal recommendation. But people, where can they find you online?
1: Uh, we are Instagram at The Scribes, facebook.com, com in Music, com is the website. Uh, on Bandcamp, you can get all the, the merch and and vinyls and CDs and stuff and T-shirts. Uh, all of our live listings will be on any one of those. TikTok, at Scribes Music. Mm-hmm. We are on Twitter, but we never use it. So probably just use that to find links to the other things if, that, if that's where you are. And then the yeah, end of those things, and we, we we are touring basically all the time. So hopefully, ideally, a, a live show, I think is the best way to experience it because there's a lot, uh, a lot of aspects to the live show that are hard to represent in any other environment, I think.
0: It's a sheer force, mate. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah,
1: no, thank you for having me, man. Take care.